men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him, in Jesus, for in him. You say, well, preacher doesn't say Jesus. All right, go back and read it in his context and you will you'll come away knowing that in his context it's talking about Jesus. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. Boy, how many know the Bible just preaches itself, amen? And you may be seated tonight. And we're gonna talk about the Godhead a little bit more tonight. And I, I, I believe this is gonna be interesting to you. I believe it's gonna be, uh, gonna be helpful to you. And so let's go to the Lord and ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the privilege to be back at Calvary tonight. Lord, we're not, I don't, at least as far as I know, we're not gonna be lengthy. Um, Lord, the last few Sunday nights, we've been relatively brief. I think tonight will probably be the same way. But I do know this, that what we're gonna talk about is so vital for the life of the child of God. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, now that you would clear the air. I pray uh, that you might, as Brother Brandon prayed this morning, I wanna pray that again, that you might bind the powers of darkness and God keep them away from this place and this people. And yes, please, from this pastor and his family. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd shelter us in your love and your protection. And Lord, I pray tonight now that you would teach us a great truth from your word. I pray that you would help me to recall what you've, what you've given to me. And I pray that I'll be very clear with my words and my thoughts. And I pray that it will make sense. And more than anything, I pray that it will uh, glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, save the lost and encourage the saved tonight. And we just thank you again for the privilege to be here. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. And we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. And for his sake, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. And so just in case you weren't here in the service Wednesday night or you weren't here in the service this morning, we said the word Godhead there in verse number nine simply means divinity or divine nature. Um, and so you could read it like this, for in him, for in Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the divine nature bodily. Uh, or divinity. Jesus was divinity. If you go to our statement of faith and look at our actual statement of faith for the church, it says something like this. We believe in one triune God, eternally existing in three persons, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Co-eternal in being, co-identical in nature, co-equal in power and glory, and having the same attributes and perfections. And so we said this morning, in fact, I'll just put all these uh, things up on your screen. Uh, this is what we've learned so far. We said the Bible teaches of a triune God. We said that our heavenly father is most certainly God. Now, Philippians chapter one, verse two, grace be unto and peace from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. We also said that Jesus Christ is God. He is God. He's not just a son of God. He is the son of God. And he is divine. He is that divinity. And, uh, and Jesus Christ is God. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, church, it's hard to debate that one right there. That's, uh, that's pretty much got, got it all in one ball of wax. And so Jesus Christ is God. Also, we said that the Holy Spirit is God. Now, the accurate teaching of the Trinity, again, I know this is a little bit of review, but hang in there with me. The accurate doctrine of the Trinity is this. The Godhead consists of three persons, but one God. Uh, consists of three persons, but one God. Those three persons of the Godhead have always been. 
And so there wasn't a time, somebody says again, uh, you know, we have to be very, very careful because there are some groups out there that teach that Jesus came about at a certain time. And then a little bit later, the Holy Spirit came about at a certain time. Please understand that God the Father has always existed. And Jesus Christ has always existed. And the Holy Spirit has always existed. Um, I, I like this. Somebody said it like this. God is only one what, but three who's. And so you'll, you'll get that on the slow train tomorrow, all right? First uh, John chapter five, verse number seven, the Bible says, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now, we said this, uh, we, we said this uh, this morning as we began. Number one, why is it important to learn the doctrine of the Trinity? First of all, because it gives us a better comprehension of God's great love. And as we preached about this morning in the service, we said that it would be great enough had Jesus just came and died for us. But it goes even further than that. Through the Trinity, we see a loving heavenly father that laid down the life of his only begotten son. And thank God Jesus came and he died for us. And so it gives us a better comprehension of God's great love. But I want to go a little further tonight and uh, boy, this is going to be a blessing to you. I really, I, I believe it is. How about this? Number, number next is this. Number two, why is it important to learn the doctrine of the Trinity? Because secondly, it compels us to be dedicated in the practice of prayer. Uh, when you really learn what the Trinity is all about and the triune God, it compels us. Uh, again, it compels us to be dedicated in the practice of prayer. Did you know tonight, church, that one of the reasons that we're able to come to the Father in heaven is because of the sacrifice of his son. Now, I want to show you something absolutely beautiful tonight. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4. And I'm telling you, uh, God just showed me this in a whole, whole new way this week. And man, it's just been such a blessing to me. And I want to share it with you right now if I could. Hebrews chapter 4. And when you find your place in Hebrews 4, look at verse number 14. What does the Trinity do? Number, number two, the Trinity compels us to be dedicated in the practice of prayer. Now, somebody says, Pastor, uh, that's okay for you. That's okay for Brother Horn. That's okay for Brother Mike Hill or uh, Brother Looney or Brother Brandon. But, but I, I, I don't know how to pray, and, and I'm not compelled to pray. Well, if you learn what I'm getting ready to teach you, I believe that you'll be more compelled to go to the Lord in prayer. Now look, church, if you will, at Hebrews 4 and verse number 14. The Bible says there, seeing then that we have a great high priest, look at this next line, that is passed into the what? Into the heavens. And then the Bible's very clear about who that is. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Look at verse number 16. The Bible says, let us therefore, therefore. Now, whenever you see that word therefore, you always go back and see what it's there for, all right? And so because of what the, the Bible just told us in verses 14 and 15, verse 16 says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace 
that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In other words, the Bible says this, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. And the reason that we can come boldly to the throne of grace is because Jesus, the Son of God, has passed into the heavens. Now you say, preacher, I'm not getting it yet. All right, hang in there with me because I believe you will. And when, it finally get, when you finally get it, it's gonna be a blessing to you. Uh, listen, did you know, did you know that we have somebody that we know on the other side? And that somebody's not just somebody. That somebody's Jesus. And our Bible says that that somebody who is Jesus is in heaven interceding for you and interceding for me. You know what that means? That means that you and I have a direct connection. Oh, come on now. We have a direct connection to our wonderful heavenly father. The Bible says that he is passed into the heaven. Somebody says, preacher, if I prayed, I don't know if God would hear me. Oh, I got good news for you. There's somebody on the other side and they're gonna intercede for you. They love you. They, want, they, they died for you. They saved you. If you're praying, you've been saved. They saved you. And, and I can promise you that they're going to intercede for you. Listen, it pays, again, it pays to know somebody on the other side. Now, uh, again, I, th- this has been many years ago, so don't hold this against me. I know, I, I know Disney has just went off the rails here lately. But many years ago, many years ago, our family, our combined family went down to to Orlando, Florida, and we were going to go. Uh, we were going to go to Disney World, and I, I don't know how many we had. I mean, large. We had a large crowd. Listen, church, this is the truth. It would have cost us a small fortune to get in that place. I mean, it is definitely not cheap to get into Walt Disney World, and it would have cost us a fortune to get in that place. But here's the good news: we knew somebody on the inside. And so that day, we planned to to go. Our family, big, giant group, our family went down to the gate at Disney World. And that person, oh, yes, 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 yes. That person who we knew on the other side, that person who we knew on the inside came to the gate. And we didn't have to buy a ticket. We didn't have to get a stub. We didn't have to take out our credit card. We didn't have to take out our driver's license. That person who was on the inside, man, oh man, just came to the gate and opened the gate and we all walked in scot-free all because, thank God, we knew somebody on the inside. I wanna tell you something. If you are here today and you're born again, I've got great news for you. You know somebody on the inside. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, man, think about this. Because we know, now this is what our Bible's teaching us. Because we know someone on the inside, Jesus, the Bible says that you and I can come boldly. We can not only come, but we can come boldly. That means we can come to the Lord and, and never disrespectful, you understand that, but we can come boldly. And we can come and say, oh God, I've got this loved one that really needs to be saved. And God, I want you to save them. God, I want you to shake them up. God, I want you to arrest their spirit. I want you to get a hold of them. Lord, I want you to give me the opportunity to win them to the Lord. Lord, I've got this bill and it's due. It's due right now. And, and Lord, I need you to provide. Lord, I need you to come through. Now, that's not disrespectful, but it is bold. 
And the Bible says that you and I can come boldly. And the reason we can come boldly is because, thank God, we have somebody on the inside. Amen. And that someone's Jesus Christ. Listen to John 14, verse 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. How about John 14, verse 14? The Bible says, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, here's, this is the truth, this is true. Well, I'm so thankful for Brother Lyndon and Miss Debbie. They've been with us ever since we've been here at Calvary. They've been with us, and they've been so faithful, and we love them, and we count them as dear friends, and they're faithful church members, and, and all of that. And you understand that I could go to the throne tonight and I could go boldly to the throne and I could say, oh God, I've got this need. I've got this need. And, uh, and uh, I'm, I come here and I'm praying. Oh, I'm praying in the name of Lyndon. I'm praying, Lord, I'm praying that it'll, it'll come to pass. Wait a minute now, I have a problem. Lyndon's not on the other side. He's not on the inside. He, he can't necessarily uh, get up to the Father like the Son of God can. And yet, thank God, because we have somebody on the inside, the Lord Jesus Christ, it compels us to pray. But I want to tell you something else. That's not all. As Paul Harvey would say, now the rest of the story. So the Trinity compels us to pray. Why? Because we have someone on the inside. But listen to this. The Trinity compels us to pray because we have the Spirit as our prayer partner. Now I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. All right, I wanna show it to you. Take your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. Church, I can't tell you what a blessing this is. If you'll get this, I'm telling you, it'll help you. It'll help you your prayer life. It'll help you get your prayers answered. Romans chapter eight. And look at verse number 26. Romans chapter eight and verse number 26. Why is it important, preacher, to learn the doctrine of the Trinity? Because it compels us to be dedicated in the practice of prayer. Again, I want to say this. The Trinity compels us to pray. Why? Because we have someone on the inside. But also it compels us to pray because we have the Spirit as our prayer partner. Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit. You'll notice that's capitalized. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not... What we should pray for as well. All right, let me stop real quick and say this. Have you ever had a time in your life when you didn't necessarily know how to pray? Well, I've had some times like that. If, you, if you've never been there, hang on. It'll probably, get, it'll probably come. There's been a few times when I just, I went to the throne. Now, I knew I could come. You know why? Because I have somebody on the inside. Jesus has passed into the heavens. There's been a few times my situation has been so serious, I didn't know what to say. How, how do you pray when you don't know how to pray? I, listen, I, I, and I, I don't mean this uh, sarcastically or, or, uh, or, or in any funny way at all. There's been a few times, seriously, when I went to the Lord and I just said SOS. I, I mean, I felt like my ship was going down. And I didn't know how to pray and I didn't know what to pray for. I didn't know exactly, I, I, I didn't know how to word a prayer. There's been a few times when my heart was so heavy and my heart was so broken. Man, I, I, I couldn't even, you ever done this? Have you ever been so heavy hearted that you really couldn't even verbalize it? And look what he says. 
Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Oh, look at this. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with, with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, you know what that's teaching us, church? That the Holy Spirit serves as our prayer partner. In other words, when you don't know how to pray, thank God we have a prayer partner in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes and he'll, he'll say, Lord, this is what he meant to say. This is what he needs to say. Uh, and Lord, there was something else. He forgot to pray about this. And so I want to remind you about this. And, and, and the Spirit of God serves as our prayer partner. The other day, well, we had, we had a great service. And the Spirit of God was really moving. And I had the opportunity, after the service concluded, I had the opportunity to, to lead a young lady to Christ. And, uh, and so right back here, most everybody was gone. There's just a little uh, speckling of people here. And I was sitting back here in the back, and I was talking to this young lady. And I'm telling you, man, she was just, her heart was on fire, you could tell. And she was under conviction. And I just took a little time, and I shared the gospel with her and told her uh, what Jesus had done for her and how he died for her and how he uh, shed his blood for her and how he paid the price. Anyway, I, I shared the gospel with her. And then I said this. I said, uh, would you like to pray? Would you like to pray and receive Christ? The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. She said, yes, yes. Uh, preacher, yes, I, I want to do that. And I said, I said to her, I said, listen, there's not a magic prayer there's not certain words necessarily that you have to pray. The thief on the cross said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. The publican said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Bible says he went home justified. And so I told this young lady, I said, listen, there, there is no certain prayer that you have to pray. I said, you just need to call out on the Lord and ask the Lord to save you and forgive you for your sins and just come into your life and, and be your Lord and Savior. And, and then I, I said to her, I said, would, would you like to pray? And I'm going to be honest, she was a little reluctant. And I understand you're, you're in front of the preacher. And so she was a, a little reluctant to pray. And so I said, that's not a problem. I said, I'll help you word a prayer. Would you like me to do that? She said, yes, preacher. I said, I want you to understand something. I said, when we pray this prayer, don't you pray this prayer to me because there's not one thing I can do for you. But I said, Jesus is listening. And I said, Jesus, hang on that. Boy, I'm telling you, man, I'm about to, I'm about to blow a fuse right now. I'm telling you. And I said, Jesus is listening. And I said, if you'll pray, if you'll just, you'll pray. And I said, you mean it to the Lord. I said, he'll save you right now. He'll save you right now. And I'm telling you, I can't even tell you how holy this moment was. And so we bowed our heads. And I'm, and I'm telling you, listen, I'm telling you the truth. As her tears dripped, as her tears dripped on the floor right back there. And I started wording a prayer for her. And I just said a few words. And then... She got the hang of it. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Whoa. I got God bumps on me right now. Amen. 
I just worded a few little, little, little words, and buddy, I'm telling you what, that young lady took off, and she began to pray. I mean, she began to, and I just, I just hushed. I just hushed, and she began to pray, and her little tears were dripping on the floor, and she prayed and called out to Jesus, and I, I was sitting there listening. I thought, Lord, I think this is the, the, the sweetest sinner's prayer that I've ever heard in my life. Now, you know what I did? I just helped her. I was just a prayer partner. That's all it was. Hey, church, I got great news. You've got a prayer partner in heaven that can help you when you pray. And it's the Holy Ghost of God. And so, preacher, why is it important that we, that we comprehend the Trinity? Number one, it gives us a better comprehension of God's great love. Number two, it compels us to be dedicated in the practice of prayer. We're done tonight, but listen to this. Hang, hang on, because this is good. Why should we learn about the doctrine of the Trinity? Number three, because it challenges us concerning worship. Pastor, it's hard to understand. I get it. When you hear preacher preaching on things like this, sometimes you sort of shake your head and, and you're like, you know, I can't understand it. And, and, and listen to this, church. Just because, you, just because you can't understand something doesn't mean you don't need to believe it. If it's put forth in the Word of God, believe it. Somebody said, God said it. I believe it, that finishes it. You put one too many in there. If God said it, it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. It's a done deal. And so when you understand the Trinity, it challenges us concerning worship. What do you mean, Pastor? Did you know that, that uh, when you understand the Trinity, this is one of the reasons that God is worthy of our worship? What do you mean, Pastor? Because when you begin to understand and look into the doctrine of the Trinity and the triune God, you realize something. You realize that God is something we cannot figure out. Now, I told our Sunday school class this morning that we were gonna be tracking down this same road again uh, as in our Sunday school class, but I hope you'll, you'll hang in there and hear me tonight. Somebody said it like this. Illustrating the Trinity is a noble goal, but it is ultimately an exercise in futility. Theologians through the centuries have racked their brains in a quest to formulate a doctrinally sound, fully satisfying illustration of the triune God. What stymies their efforts is the fact that God is transcendent and some of his qualities are unknowable. Now take your Bibles this morning. I'm gonna show that to you. Look at Romans chapter 11. We're almost done. Romans chapter 11. And when you find your place, I want you to look at verse number 33 with me, if you will. Romans chapter 11 and verse number 33. Notice what Paul says to these Romans. Romans 11, verse 33, Paul says, oh. <laughs> I believe we're on the same, same wavelength. Paul says, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. You'll notice there's an exclamation point right there. And then he says this, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been his counselor? Who hath first given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Now you say, Pastor, what's that telling us? You're not going to figure God out. And, and, and you, you're here tonight, and, and you say, 
Preacher, I'm, I'm an intellectual, you know, pastor, I've got a college education. Well, congratulations. I don't, I don't care how many degrees you've got after your name. I'm just telling you, there's some things about God you're not going to figure out because God's too big for that. Uh, hey, listen, we gave this verse to our class this morning, Job 11, 7. I'll just read it for you. Job 11, 7 says it like this. Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty under perfection? It is high as heaven. What canst thou do? Deeper than hell, what canst thou know? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes to the triune God and the Trinity, this is really, this is really where all the controversy comes from. Now, you say, preacher, what are you talking about? There are men who feel a natural need to be able to explain this supernatural doctrine. And so, with that desire, you know what happens? They begin to devise their own personal doctrines that are understandable by the human mind. And that's a problem. Somebody says, Pastor, Joseph Smith had it all figured out. Let me tell you something lovingly. Joseph Smith did not have it all figured out. Absolutely did not. In fact, in fact, to try to to try to sideline what we've been teaching the last few services, he had to write his own book. And they, they want to tell you that the King James Bible is not enough. You're going to need another book. And so, uh, listen, uh, just understand that there are some things we're never going to completely logic out about our God. We read this verse in Sunday school this morning. Isaiah 55, 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. First, the heavens are higher than theirs, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I've actually, this little story, I'll tell you this little story. I've actually had this happen here at Calvary. We've had some people that have gotten so consumed with figuring out the Trinity, and they, they, didn't, they didn't like my explanation, and they were determined that they were going to get their mind wrapped around it. Church, listen, please understand again, this is why we worship God. His ways are unsearchable. You're not going to completely wrap your little mind around him. And so I read a story about a man, and that's exactly where he was. He was at his wit's end, and man, he was just about to, you know, blow his mind, just trying to figure out the Trinity. And he kept turning that over in his mind, over and over and over. One God, but three persons. One God, but three persons. Three persons, but not three gods. One God. And so he was doing his best to try to figure that out. And he thought, man, what does it mean? And how can it be explained? And, and how can my mind, how can my mind take it in? And he's just racking his brain, trying to just figure it out. And so as he was doing that, he was walking down the beach. And he came across this little boy. And this little boy had dug a hole in the sand. He dug, dug a, you know, not big, big, but he dug a pretty big hole in the sand with his with his little hands. And this man began to watch this little boy and he and he had the hole dug and he'd run over to the ocean, to the water, and he'd get some water in his little hands and he'd take it back and he'd throw it in the hole. And then he'd run back over and he'd get a little water out of the ocean and he'd take it back and he'd put it in the hole. And the man watched him for a little while and he said, hey son, he said, what are you doing? He said, man, I dug a hole and he said, I'm going to take all the water in the ocean and I'm going to put it in this hole. And that man said, son, 
Do you really think that all the water in this ocean is going to fit in that little hole? And the Holy Spirit said, hello. Do you really think that you're going to wrap your little mind around a doctrine like the Trinity? And that it's going to fit in your little, your little tiny mind? Somebody said it like this. We serve a God who will have no ending. But can I remind us? He had no beginning. Somebody said he came when there was nowhere to come from. And coming from nowhere, he stood on nothing. And the reason he stood on nothing is because there was nowhere to stand. And standing on nothing, he reached out where there was nowhere to reach and caught something. And when there was nothing to catch, he hung something on nothing and told it to stay there. And the same God that's able to turn nothing into something is the same God that's able to take a good for nothing nobody and turn him into somebody to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. Somebody said it like this. He's the same God that can make a sick man well, an ignorant man wise, the bad man good, a good man better, and even a dead man alive in Jesus Christ. He formed the stars of the universe, but he didn't just form them. He named them. Psalm 147.4 says, he telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. And so every single star, you, you look out there sometimes on a clear night and you think, wow, it looks like millions. And it really is. In fact, there's so many that you, you can't even see with the naked eye. And yet the Bible says that God put all those stars out there and all those planets out there and he gave them all a name. He placed the sun 93 million miles away from this little ball we call earth. Would one of you intellectuals please explain that to me after the service? 93 million miles, what, what does that even mean? 93 million miles away from the earth. You say, preacher, how big is the sun? Listen to this. The sun is so big. The sun is so large that if you opened up the sun and you poured in 500,000 earths, you could shake it and it sound like a baby rattle. 500,000 earths and they'd bounce around like little BBs in the sun. Someone said the sun is so far that if you got in your car and drove 100 miles per hour to the sun, 100 miles per hour to the sun, it'd take you 106 years to get there. And yet, I walked outside today and I felt its warmth. Come on now. Somebody's explained that. You can't explain it. You know why you can't explain it? He's too big to explain. He's too big for some, some self-made, self-proclaimed scholar, some big Dr. Big Bottom, Dr. Bottle Stopper in the secular college that says, let me tell you all about God. Listen, I'm telling you, you can start today and you can go all throughout eternity and you'll never tell me everything there is to know about my God. He is the first and last. He's the beginning and the end. He's the keeper of creation and the creator of all. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all times. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. He's unmoved, he's unchanged, he's undefeated and never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. 
He was pierced and eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He's risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. The schools can't explain him. The leaders can't ignore him. And Herod couldn't kill him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. The people couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. The new age can't replace him. And I got good news. ABC and CBS and NBC can't explain him away. Somebody said he's light and he's love and he's longevity and he's Lord, he's goodness, he's kindness, he's gentleness in God. He's holy, he's righteous, he's mighty, he's powerful, he's pure, his ways are right, his word is eternal, his will is unchanging, and his mind is on me. He's my redeemer, he's my savior. He's my God. He's my peace. He's my joy. He's my comfort. He's my Lord, and he rules my life. Boy, anybody getting a blessing tonight? When I fall, he lifts me up. When I fail, he forgives. When I'm weak, he's strong. When I'm lost, he's the way. When I'm afraid, he's my courage. When I stumble, he steadies me. When I'm hurt, he heals me. When I'm broken, he mends me. When I'm blind, he leads me. When I'm hungry, he feeds me. When I face trials, he's with me. When I face persecution, he shields me. When I face problems, he comforts me. When I face loss, he provides for me. When I face death, he's gonna carry me home. He's everything for everybody, everywhere, every time and every way. He's God. He's faithful. And we just sang it. I am his, and he is mine. No wonder the Bible said in Psalm 150, verse number six, let everything, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. You know why? You can't figure him out. So we'll just do the best we can, and we'll just live by faith, amen? amen. And understand he's a great and a mighty and a wonderful, wonderful God. Let's bow our heads tonight. Our heads are bowed. Father, thank you for this time we've had together tonight. What a God. What a God. Father, one that no matter how hard men may try, they'll never figure him out. And Lord, because we cannot figure him out, God, that's why we ought to just worship. God, we ought to just bow before his feet and say, God, you're too great to fathom. You're too much to comprehend. But I bow before you and I give you praise and I love you and I thank you for being so good to me. I don't know why you'd be so good but I praise you for it. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let me ask you a question or two tonight. First of all, how many are here this evening? And you'd say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I know for sure that I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you tonight, you just slip your hand up right now and say, Pastor, I know that I'm born again. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Wonderful. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this though. Is there one at all here tonight would say, Preacher, I could not raise my hand. And if I died tonight, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. 
and I want you to pray for me. And right now, you just slip your hand up. Let me remember in your prayers. Is there, is there one anywhere? Pastor, if I died, I see that little hand right there. Is there anybody else? Preacher, if I died right now, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you please remember me? Is there anybody else? Can I pray for you tonight? I want to pray for you. Amen. I see your little hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I want to know the Lord. Amen, buddy. I see that little hand. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? What a blessing. The Lord's working. Anybody else here tonight? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray with me tonight? Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray with all of these that raised their hands. I'm going to pray for you. And, and I hope you'll just mind the Lord tonight. Maybe here in just a moment, somebody just needs to tiptoe down to this altar and just say, God, you're great. And I just want to give you praise tonight. Maybe the Lord has done something for you recently. Maybe the Lord has answered a prayer for you recently. Maybe you were going through a valley and the Lord brought you through. And tonight, you just need to come and bow before him. I'm not saying you understand him. But tonight, you just need to come and worship. Would you stand with us all over the house tonight? Father, I sure thank you for what you've taught us the last three services. And Lord, we have to go away from a service like this just saying, what a God. We did our best to figure out what the Bible teaches, but Lord, our little minds can still not compress the greatness of the truth. But that's okay. We're willing to accept it by faith because it's what you've put forth in your word. So we'll accept it by faith. Father, tonight I pray that we just fall at your feet and worship you. Father, for these that have raised their hands and said that they're not sure about heaven, I pray tonight would be the night, Lord, that you'd give them understanding and faith, draw them, Lord, to yourself. And I pray they'd come to a saving knowledge of the Lord. And then, Lord, may the rest of us just worship tonight. Thank you for your blessings this evening. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Hey, listen, if you need to come, just for a moment, the altars are open. You come tonight. If we can pray with you, if we can pray with you tonight, I'm going to ask a couple of our personal workers, if they don't mind just slipping out to the ends of the aisles here, just in case. We have some hands raised. If you're here tonight, you say, preacher, I need to be saved. I really need to be saved. Hey, we've got some folks down here with a Bible and they would love to take the word of God and show you how you can know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die, okay? So would you come while we pause just for a moment? Time's not late. Time's not late at all. If you're here tonight, and you say, Pastor, as soon as I get it all figured out, I'm going to come to Christ. Church, listen to me. You're never going to get it all figured out. It's by faith. It's by faith. Lord, I don't understand it all, but I'm willing to trust you by faith. While we wait just for a moment, anybody else need to make a move? 